There's a universe inside each of us. The Innerverse Podcast is your portal to that infinite realm of ideas. I'm Chance Garten, and I'll be your host as we serve up inspirational sound waves from the brightest minds with the highest vibes. And we keep searching for the empowering perspectives we need to create our greatest masterpiece of all, our lives. Welcome to the one within all to Interverse. I'm your host, Chance, and I'm excited to come forward together and kick into gear for another great year. As listeners know, this show tends to coalesce many concepts into a consciousness convergence with subjects like creativity, conspiracy, counterculture, ethics, philosophy, metaphysics, all of these frequently coming together in one episode. And while we don't always hit all those notes in each show, I think today we might just touch on most of them. The spiritual journey has always been about striking a balance between enlightened self-interest and service to our fellow humans. And from my experience, there seems to be a strong correlation between creative freedom and personal responsibility. Unfortunately, there's also a powerfully entrenched monetary incentive system in society that rewards greed over goodness. And so blazing our own path and doing the right thing for ourselves instead of prioritizing profit is often perceived as foolish by both the culture and some of our very own friends and family. That's why I think it is so important to articulate the answers to our collective conundrum by weaving spiritual solutions and consciously creating art of all kinds. And with 2020 underway, we're lucky to have a visionary author with us today who can articulate a much better feeling future for us than the doom and gloom we see so much in the mainstream. Yes, my friends, as you probably already know, today's episode is lined up to be an absolutely amazing one thanks to our returning guest, the radical writer of the righteous comic and mass activator of source-centered self-awareness, the one and only Zane Daniel. For those who don't know him yet, Zane's got a background in the video game industry and a current career as a caravanning candle holder for the ever-brightening flame of humanity's collective spiritual consciousness. Recently, Zane's been touring the continental U.S. in his van and serving up inspirational seminars, expert energy healing, and of course, spreading the word about his phenomenally forward-thinking comic book series, Righteous. Last May, Zane dropped in with us to talk about his soul essence activation work, his views on our society's maligned motivations and how to make them better, and of course, his incredible book, Righteous, which, in a nutshell, is about the beginning of a mass awakening to altruism spread by a mysterious contagion that encourages people to act more out of concern for others than for greed. It's a fascinating vision of a potential next evolutionary step for humanity towards an enlightened society, and you can find it online at RighteousComic.com. I definitely recommend you take a look at it because it's fun and a very thought-provoking examination of what may be humanity's most important lesson in this era. We'll do our best not to drop too many spoilers today, but just to be safe, I'd go read it now if I was you, and maybe check out the previous Interverse episode with Zane. And if you like all that and you want more, he's also got some great video seminars and activations you can find from his website. You can catch a link to Righteous in the show notes along with links to zanedaniel.com where you can enlist Zane's assistance for public events, long-range energy work, healings, and activations, and an entertaining blog describing his lightworking adventures around the country. You can also find a link for Interverse Plus in the show notes and become a member to get instant access to the extended version of this podcast, the huge archive of double-length subscriber-exclusive shows, and by joining, you get to feel good about helping Interverse expand, supporting one of your favorite shows, and helping me be the best host I can be. 
Sign up for plus at patreon.com forward slash interverse. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, and all my love and gratitude to our beautiful Plus members, both old and new. Now it's time to do this thing. Everybody, please join me in welcoming the compassionate comic guy and soul-strengthening soothsayer, the highly psychic and incredibly intuitive energy-healing adventurer and devoted dog dad, my good friend Zane Daniel. Back to the show for his second round. Thanks for being here, dude, and welcome to Interverse. (laughs) Wow, it got me all excited. I want to run around the room and like, woo! (laughs) that's a good sign. (laughs) Yeah. I'm really excited about this one too, because not a lot of guests that I meet on the internet end up becoming like close homies. And we've developed a pretty cool bond over the last couple months. And I'm thinking it's going to evolve our podcast conversations to a whole new level of heck of goodness. So (laughs) (laughs) I guess we should just start though, you know, Tell us about what's new with you since we last spoke in May. I mean, you've been on the road. You've got new developments with Righteous. Where can we start? Oh, gosh, there's a lot, right? Well, okay. so at that time in May, what would I have been doing? I think so. I sold my house in Chicago and with the money, I bought a van and I was trying to get a particular type of van that you can stand up in and that I could build out to turn it into like a like a camper van, like a homemade camper van and put the solar panel on the roof and the bed and the kitchen space and all that. And, you know, there, here comes some manifestation because I had put out into the universe that I wanted a very specific van. I wanted a Ram Pro Master 2500 from 2017, 2018, something like that with like 50,000 miles on it. And that's just pretty much what I pictured that I would get. And uh, sure enough, then a friend of mine reached out to me and said, hey, I know somebody who's selling a van like that. And not only is it exactly what I just said, except maybe it was 55,000 miles, but it was also already built out with the solar panel, with the kitchen space, with the bed, everything exactly as I had pictured it, like the exact layout that I wanted. (laughs) So I had to buy it. And so I did. And I was able to buy it outright with the proceeds of selling the house. And so now I am full time on the road driving around the country. Really, I want to say North America because I want to go to Canada and Mexico as well. And in each city, I, I stop for a couple of weeks or, or more if necessary and line up a group activation so people can come out and see me in person and we can do you know a talk usually something about the final lesson which I'm sure we're going to talk about in this show and the, you know do the soul essence activation for them and and just get to meet people and have a good old time so uh, that's kind of what I've been doing since and uh, heck on that journey I even stopped by and I visited you yeah man that was really awesome we got to chill we got to do I mean, you performed like some pro bono activations and energy work for us. That was awesome. I want to talk about that a little later, too, because my specific experience was really interesting. And I think a good example of what it's like to actually, you know, release blockages, I guess, uh, remove your remove your burden, as you call it. So, right. That's that's definitely something to talk about. The final lesson, we need to talk about that for sure. But I just wanted to say, when you came to visit us, one of the things I found most impressive about you was you'd just gotten on the road with this new van, which congratulations on that synchronicity score as well, because that's (laughs) fantastic. I've been in the van. It's freaking sweet. It definitely is a nice, comfortable spot for you and the puppy that you've got. And 
Well, not a puppy. She's a, a little older, but she's sweet like a puppy. Right, <laughs> Shout right. out Whisper. She's right next to you right <laughs> yes. now. But what happened while you were there was there were some power problems with your van and the charger oh. wasn't working correctly and just completely cool under pressure. No stress, no extra stress required. I watched you like just step by step, figure that out and teach yourself a lot about how the electronics worked in the system altogether in the process. So just thought that was really cool. And maybe you could speak on that a little bit about the unpredictability that you may have encountered on the road life and what helps you move through that. Well, yeah, I mean, I just really, like you said, just started on that trip. So I was not familiar. Well, you know, okay. So I had been picturing building it out myself, like I said. And so I knew that in that process, I would get to know my van very well. I would know intimately how all the systems worked and everything. Well, the disadvantage of buying one that was already built out is that I had no idea how it worked. And, and I didn't take the time while I was back in Chicago to, figure it out. You know, uh, I just went, heck with it. It'll be fine. Woo, let's do this. And so then, of course, I ran into that problem. And luckily, I have a very good friend who I was actually staying with in Chicago. He's a he's an expert at uh, electronics, uh, tech, solar panels, all that jazz. So I spent, you know, while I was not stressed, I was spending a lot of the time on the phone with him taking pictures of parts and places and thing. okay, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm doing. And, and I guess that the, the biggest lesson in all of that is a lesson that I teach people all the time. And so I actually did what I taught. Amazing. I, I said, it's all going to work out exactly as it's supposed to. And there's nothing that I have to worry about at all. This is, this is part of the journey. This is part of the experience. And I will receive lessons as a result of doing it, which will be great. And I don't have, you know, I know nothing really bad is going to happen. And yet, even if it did, I know that I can handle it. I mean, that's the way we have to look at life at all times is that whatever gets thrown at us, we can handle, we can deal with. And when you have that sort of confidence, you can just take that deep breath and go, okay, one step at a time. Let's go for it. I love that. I like to remind myself that I don't have to worry about anything if I can trust myself to do the right thing for myself, if I have that mentality, I love myself unconditionally. I'm going to always accept the situation that comes up as something that I'm ready for. You can always know that you're going to be fine. Whatever happens, if you yourself are trustworthy to yourself, because there's someone trustworthy there to handle the situation. <laughs> it just makes it really right. simple. Right. Yeah. And it's you. Amazing. Yeah. That's really fun. I'd love to hear about some of the other stops you've made while we're on the subject because you have been on quite a journey already. Yeah, so I've had a good time. It was interesting to uh, just, I don't know, all of them have been fascinating. I think uh, Albuquerque was really fun because I'd never been there before and uh, a really nice town. And it was one of those situations where I'm driving toward Albuquerque and Santa Fe. I've been to Santa Fe once before and I was like, okay, so which one am I going to go to? Obviously not planned at all. I'm like driving down the road. I think I stopped at a rest stop and I went, you know what? I'm going to look up meetup groups and I'm going to see what kind of interesting meetups there are. And that day there was a meetup for a Akashic record reader in 
Albuquerque. And there were a couple of other ones that looked okay for Santa Fe. But for some reason that the Akashic record reader, I've never really specifically worked with anybody who could do that. So I said, all right, let's go there. And so that just dictated where I was going to be. I wasn't going to go to Santa Fe. I was going to spend my time in Albuquerque. And so I went to that and it was amazing because the information that this Akashic reader gave me was exactly this, uh, the information that I had received uh, myself and through Michaela Sheldon, who is a, a very advanced high vibrational channel that can give you all kinds of information about who you are and what your star history and everything was. I mean, to the letter, it was insane to, to hear, oh, I, I was a captain of an Andromedan ship and I and I was a member of the Pleiadian Collective and, and I was, you know, a Hathor on Earth, you know, exactly as, as I knew already. So it was really fun to get that sort of like um, confirmation once again and, and gives you, you know, every time you hear that sort of thing, especially me, because I was raised by scientists and I, I have a little bit of trouble believing all this stuff all the time. It really helps to hear that and go, okay. All right. <laughs> everything that I've been doing, everything I've been talking about, and everything that people have been experiencing uh, has been validated once again, and can I can move forward with a lot more confidence than maybe I had before. So that was great. And then I just kind of decided to integrate myself into this area, Albuquerque, and got to know somebody who um, helped me set up a a talk there, and I ended up meeting and and an actress and a writer who may participate in the further writing of, of Righteous. So it's really been, uh, it was really a really neat stop with lots of great people. And I feel like it was just a, an example of how it's going to be everywhere. And so far uh, that has turned out to be true. Wow. There's a lot of threads to pull on there, but I guess it's not a surprise that you have maybe a vision to adapt Righteous into other mediums at some point. And thinking about that, as much as I love the comic book medium, because this is such a story grounded in realism and every element except for like this one big twist, it would make it a very great candidate for like a live action, maybe TV series type of adaptation. I can just imagine the the actors with glowing golden eyes with like CG effects. That'd be about all you had to spend money on as far as special effects go. So <laughs> it seems like a very attainable goal. And I would love to see that for sure. And the Star Nation thing, that's what is probably worth talking about a little more here, because I'm like you in that I'm skeptical of a lot of things initially that can't be experientially verified. Or at the very least, skeptical of things that while they may or may not be true, they might not have a lot of bearing on the here and now. So I try not to worry about it. Like past lives in general for myself, uh, I I don't worry too much about what may or may not have happened there because at, at, in some cases, you might even run the risk of dredging up things that you don't need in this lifetime, baggage that you checked a long time ago for a good reason. But all that being said, the stuff about star nations and the ancestry that light workers have in other parts of the galaxy, it's weird because even though I'm not super open to it or like going out of my way to try to find verification of this stuff, other things in my path just keep bringing me information that syncs with that and shows me that there seems to be something to it. So 
that that's kind of interesting. Like for a small example, I've had more than one person that uh, was, I guess, in tune with that type of Akashic information tell me that I have an Arcturian background and Syrian background. And so I was like, okay, why would multiple people tell me the same exact thing <laughs> unless there's something possibly to it? And then even looking into sort of like the the lore, which is where it gets more hairy in my opinion, because you're just reading things on the internet. Uh, still, the attributes associated with those star nations seem to like really fit my aptitudes and interests in this life. So it's just, it's just interesting. And it's fun. And if you don't take it too seriously as like, uh, I'm the special one type of thing and realize that we all have an incredible cosmic backstory that goes back from the beginning, or I guess the not so much a beginning of eternity itself, <laughs> the non-beginning of eternity, we all go back infinitely. So uh, yeah, why not uh, embrace the potential that in other lifetimes we were captaining spaceships and cool stuff like that because it would be fun and isn't that kind of what the experience of life is about it's kind of like a game yeah absolutely and you know it's interesting that you talk about hearing your past life stories and being worried that maybe it would um, cause some problems because it's it might be traumatic when i'm working with clients uh, um, a lot of times they come to me and they say Okay, so I'm dealing with this struggle because somebody told me that I, in, my, in one of my past lives, I had to deal with this. And this is a, you know, karma or past life, you know, payback or something, you know, some, some sort of like explanation that this is the cause of their problems. And I always say every time I go, let's just set that aside right now, because what we can really, what we should really focus on is this life. And everybody has um, traumas, abuses, and experiences in this life that can cause all kinds of problems down the road. So if we, if we focus on that first and we clear up all your past on this life, then you're going to be a way, off, way better off than you were before. Then when we're finally clear of all of this life's issues and you still have some, okay, now we can go ahead and see if we can see what was going on in a past life that may have caused some sort of karmic issue in this one. But I have not run into that yet because we have enough to deal with just in this one. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And the thing with karma is it's going to repeat whatever karmic lesson you need in this life. So do you really need to go back to the other lives to see what the karmic lesson is? Maybe not, unless you're just really not getting it. And then that's when maybe those past life experiences will start breaking through naturally to just show you again, like, here's the flag. This is the flavor of whatever it is you need to integrate. Right. And the other thing is that uh, pa my past lives uh, are of everyone. I've been you, you've been me. Um, I've been, I've been Trump. I've been Hitler. I've been Gandhi. I've been Jesus. We've all been all of them. And because we are all one, we are source. So there's, there's, you know, the, the, the layers of abstraction are interesting to me because it does feel like there is some sort of interesting tie to those specific, um, uh, past life stories by an individual, but, when you all when you break it all down, none of that really matters at all. We are just source. 
Yeah. So that takes us into the territory of talking about the final lesson, which I, I do want to get to, but let's save that for just a moment and give us an update to shift gears for a second, an update on what's new with Righteous, what people can maybe check out that wasn't there last time we talked and the sort of near future projection of, you know, where what's coming next as far as, you know, what people can access. Yeah. Tell us, give us the Righteous update. Sure. Okay. So uh, chapters 11 and 12 are now available to be downloaded. Um, we, we finish about five chapters a year. I think we're a little bit behind this year, but at the same time, some other interesting developments are happening. I think that kind of make up for that. And, and part of it is on this journey now, not only did I meet that writer and actress in Albuquerque, but I've also met a, a producer and actress in Los Angeles. And we're putting together a, a full pitch that we are going to go around to various networks and studios to see if we can get this turned into a, a TV show, like you mentioned earlier. And, you know, that's another manifestation that I have requested um, for a while. And I, I knew that as part of my journey across the, the North America, that that was going to get started and it's already begun. And so our, our plan is to have that pitch ready by um, spring so that we can go ahead and start the, the pitch process. So I'm super excited about that. But anyway, back to chapters 11 and 12 can be downloaded on the website. Volumes 1 and 2, of course, chapters 1 through 10 are also available from the website. Awesome. Yeah, I've got paperback copies of the first two volumes and really, really encourage people to check that out. It won't take you too long to read, but you'll be wanting to share it with a lot of people. And if you do get yourself up to chapter 12, look out for the guy in the tie dye because that's me making a cameo. <laughs> Thank you for that, Zane. That really made me happy because of what a fan I am of the comic. That was pretty cool. That's right. Yep. That was in chapter 12. That's so cool. Yeah. I've had a lot of people do some neat stuff with it. Um, like um, a friend of mine in who became a friend of mine in in Canada bought 10 copies uh, just so they could gift them to other people because they know the impact that it has. I don't know if we talked about this last time. Actually, there's probably been at least one new development here. So there was a guy in, um, in Africa who reached out to me and he said, hey, I read your book and I have to talk to you. And this is a guy in Ghana, I think. So we get on like a Facebook messenger call and he explains that he's completely blown away by, by what a change that just reading that the book has had in his life. He's like, you know, it's hard to get a job in Ghana. And, and he's been very unhappy with himself. Like he's been blaming himself for not being able to get a job. And, and he's really been quite miserable and, and contemplating suicide even because he just can't find a place for himself in society. And so when, when he read the comic, everything changed for him. He, he switched to saying, you know what? I don't need to find a job right now. I could actually just go out and help people. And so that's what he started to do. That all he does now is just go around and find ways to help others. And he said he's never been so fulfilled in his life. And he's so thankful for the comic. And, and he also said that there was like a cosmic experience that he had when he read it, where he went from you know, being miserable and being unhappy to just being fully energized. He said, you know, kind of like he had a buzz going on in his head after reading it. 
And what's interesting is that I imbue the comic with the soul essence activation. So anyone who reads the comic receives that one of those activations that I give, which is kind of a full body experience. Uh, I focus on the the energy centers of the body in this in this case the chakras. And what happens is we're bringing some of the best versions of your past incarnations into your current one as it relates to your life's purpose. And so we're energizing each of the chakras. And what's great about them is they all have personality traits sort of associated with them. So your solar plexus is your self-confidence. When that, when you're, when that chakra gets boosted, then you're, you're going to have more self-confidence. It just automatically happens. And, and all the chakras are, are, are similar in that way. So he experienced both the, the like uh, conscious and left brain results of reading it, which are help others and you'll be happy. And then he received the, the subconscious and the energetic experience from reading the comic that gave him the excitement and motivation to do it and to realize that that's where true happiness lies is that in actually helping others. And that's awesome. And I, I'm positive that that's not the only person that's contacted you about feeling different after reading the book. Yes, that's <laughs> I right. Mean, the people I've shown the book were pretty activated people to begin with. So it wasn't as maybe a giant shift from being unhappy to realizing a different perspective on what happiness is even from. But everyone I've shown the book has been really jazzed up and stoked after they read it. <laughs> so Kudos to you for doing that. And I can also uh, speak to the soul essence activations that you do in person being pretty potent. And my, personally, for me, that was an experience that opened up a blockage in my solar plexus and made me pretty happy <laughs> after that. Well, we can talk about that more a little later and get into the final lesson now. But as as far as that goes with the a person contacting you from a whole nother country. Was that pretty exciting for you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I was like, holy cow, I, this is a, this is a new one. I mean, I've had people contact me from other countries, I'll, I'll be honest, uh, but never from Africa. I just thought that was really interesting. Like I've talked to people in Australia and Finland and Europe and that sort of thing, but, but never Africa. So that was really special. And uh, that guy now, uh, his name's Lawrence. He's a big fan and he, he follows me on Facebook and posts and shares and just is really active and involved. And it's really fun to see that. Yeah, I want to get extra copies of the book to uh, stock in my merch booth whenever I take a merch booth around. It's a great conversation starter anyway, because just telling someone sort of the general synopsis of the book will get their interest. It, it always does. Pretty Pretty exciting. I always just say it's like the reverse zombie apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like the inversion of that. Uh -huh. But let's uh, let's use the time we've got left and free to talk about the final lesson. Tell us where that came from and maybe guide us through some of what that actually entails. Like, you know, a little mini, mini presentation on it. You guys can check out the full presentation he did at the Awake and Aware. Is that right? Awake and Empowered. Awake and Empowered Expo. And he, had a, he has a great video on that that includes a full-on activation that you can participate in in the video. So I'll make sure and link to your YouTube on the show notes so people can find that and specifically to this video. So yeah, what's, what is the final lesson? We've kind of danced around it, but where, where did that come from? And 
Uh, what's it all about? So it's a culmination really of a whole bunch of different uh, downloads and information that I received. So uh, when I first started with all this, uh, really it was 2016 is when it got kickstarted and it really got kickstarted uh, from a couple of experiences that I think we talked about on the last episode of uh, when I went to uh, Tennessee for that permaculture retreat and ended up having amazing kinds of um, really supernatural experiences that woke me up to the idea that, okay, so there's not only can I talk to this voice in my head that was activated by ayahuasca, but there's an awful lot more than that that's going on. And so that's when I started receiving information and because, because I was open to it and because I allowed it. And that information then continued to come to me in various forms, either maybe while I was meditating or when I was actually working with a client, all of a sudden I would get uh, clarity on, on their issue. And, and that clarity then all played into this one big lesson and in June of 2019, I, I had the final lesson download that, that kind of said, hey, all this stuff that you've been learning all plays into this one simple concept. And the concept, it truly is simple. And anybody in this kind of um, movement into this spirituality where, you know, unconditional love is the, is the religion, um, you, you've heard this sentence before. And the sentence simply is, I am source. And, and the thing is with this is that we hear it and we think about it and we ponder it and we go, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm source. Uh-huh, cool. And then and we, we don't really, really sit down and go, what does that actually mean? And what does that feel like? Maybe, maybe people do, but, but I feel like it's often kind of just glossed over and, and we talk about, about it flippantly almost. And so the information that I was receiving was very clear and, and helpful in, I think, helping people actually picture what it might be like. So it kind of goes like this. Imagine for a moment that you are omnipotent. You are all powerful. And nothing has been created yet because you have not created it. So you are essentially in absolute nothingness. I like to liken it like um, the, the, the white room in the matrix. There's absolutely nothing there and you are the whiteness. And so you say, okay, so this is uh, not interesting. <laughs> I, I am infinite. Uh, there is no way for me to cease to exist. There is nothing happening. I cannot be surprised by anything. I cannot be excited by anything. I just exist. And so you decide that, well, I want to go ahead and create something so that there's something for me to like observe or participate in. So maybe you decide that you'll create another kind of entity with its own consciousness separate from yours. So you go ahead and you create that and you observe it for a minute, but you realize that it's not really still interesting to you because you created it and you know everything there is to know about it. It knows everything there is to know about you because it's kind of like a, a duplicate of you. So you're like, well, this isn't really that awesome. So what else can I do? Okay, how about this? I'll make it so that I'll create this entity and it won't know that I exist and I'll hide. <laughs> so I'll make it and just see what happens, right? And so you watch it and it's just looking around going, 
what the heck is going on? Like, I don't understand anything. Why am I here? And again, not that interesting, not that surprising, nothing especially special can happen. So now let's see, that's not, that's not working. So what else could we try? Oh, I got it. Um, what if we created it so that, that these, this being not only doesn't know that I exist, but we're going to make it so that this being can cease to exist. And, and we're going to have to create a lot from here. We're going to have to create time and we're going to have to create um, uh, dangers and we're going to have to create death and, and all this. So, okay, so now we're going to create these beings and we have to create this planet and we have to create this time and all that. And so really, essentially, that's the moment of the big bang, I suppose. So, so you've done, you're doing all this and you're, now you're watching these individuals and they're really taking this, this shit seriously. They're just like, oh, wow. Okay. So I could die at any moment. This is a very dangerous situation. And they're starting to experience emotions. They're having their very first emotion, of course, which is fear. And they're trying to survive this. And then eventually more and more things uh, can happen because these emotions exist and this uh, need to survive exists. So now you've got a positive emotion, the feeling of being safe. Oh, and then you've got romantic love and you have worry and you have excitement and all of the emotion, the terrestrial emotions are now born from the fact that you can die. So, okay, back to you. You're watching all of this happen. It's, it's pretty interesting now, um, but there's still something missing. And I think that what the big thing that's missing is that is that you're going, well, now these beings can have all of this stuff, but I can't because I know that I can't cease to exist. I know that I can't uh, have romantic love because I am uh, both masculine and feminine. So the only thing that I can do here <laughs> is make myself forget that I am omnipotent and I'm going to put myself into the mind of one of these beings and experience life from their perspective. Whoa, now what a great idea you had because now all kinds of crazy shit happens and you're taking all this very seriously. You can die. You're having uh, romantic love experiences. You're having worry. You're having doubts. You can be surprised for the first time. You have all this stuff. And, and then finally one day you die and you wake up from this dream and you realize Oh my God, it's all been me. All of this has been me. I created it all and I took it so seriously and I had no idea that it was me and that it was pretty much just an experiment. Wow. That was pretty cool. I think I want to do it again. <laughs> it's a fun ride. <laughs> right. So, so when we look at it from that perspective, then, then it really changes everything. And it's kind of funny because it's paradoxical. Because the idea was that we intentionally forgot that we were source so that we could t take this life seriously. And if for some reason during this life, we actually realize it and remember it, like I'm suggesting, then what does that do to your experience? Does that take something away from it? Does it make it better? Well, the, what the main lesson of all of this is, is simply <laughs> that everything is a valid source experience. Everything that you have happened to you in your life is a valid source experience. And we, what we're doing is we're bringing this experience to ourselves as source. I often talk about, you know, there was a, there was a fellow who was in a wheelchair and I was, I was, this was a long time ago. I was, he was 
going toward a store that didn't have automatic doors, right? I had to open, I, I was excited because I was like, oh, I can open the door for this guy because he's going to struggle to get through this door. So I go over confidently, excitedly, and I, and I start to open the door for him and he growls at me like, I can do it myself, you know, like, oh, okay. Oh, all right. All right that's cool. And so, you know, he did it. Of course, he struggled to get through the door and he, he made it and it was all fine. I wasn't mad at him, but, but I realized that he, he was missing out on an opportunity. He had no idea that in fact, he can make everyone else in his, in his immediate surroundings extremely happy by allowing them to help him because we feel a great deal of, uh, of satisfaction out of helping others. So, so then I, po I, I posit to the people that I'm talking to about this. I say, okay, so is that, is that a valid source experience? Is, is, does source want him to embrace the ability to, uh, to give people that positive experience? Or does source want him to be the way that he is? And the truth is, of course, that both are, are valid. To, he, source wants to experience what it's like <laughs> to be a curmudgeon. And source wants to experience what it's like to be the one that allows other people to help. And so that, that, that extends to absolutely every experience that we have here on earth. Every single one of us has positive and negative experiences every single day, and all of them are valid and all of them are fantastic. Now, that's hard for most people to understand because they think, oh, no, source is unconditional love and just wants great, wonderful things to happen to all of us. The first part is true. Source is unconditional love. But from the perspective of source, positive and negative are very specific to the individual. So to me, negative is. Um, um, being burned. Okay, that is definitely a negative experience because I am receiving a negative physiological response from this experience. That is so that I avoid doing it. Oh, I shouldn't grab the hot rock. I should let, you know, leave the hot rock alone. Now I know. So, so, but, but from my source experience that the hot rock experience is like, wow, that was intense. Like, that's pretty awesome. What else can we do? And so the, the way to look at it then is if you think about it from back to the white room, you're all by yourself, you're bored essentially because there's nothing going on because you haven't created anything. And so you are, are facing infinite nothingness. And I don't know, but that sounds worse than many other things. And if you think about it then, if you were to kind of like graph what, what it might look like, the center line, we'll say for a moment, is infinite nothingness. And there is a branching line that comes off of that that is all the possible positive things that can happen in your life. And they're wonderful and they're, you know, beautiful. Maybe they're subtle. Doesn't matter. But as we, as we branch this line off, it's going in, in uh, a, it's, it's getting, mm, what's what I want to say here, incrementally further and further away from infinite nothingness. Good. Now we do it on the opposite side. All the terrible, miserable, and awful things that can happen to us. And we're going to draw a line on the other side in the same exact way. And it uh, incrementally gets further and further away from infinite nothingness. And, and interestingly, if you look at it then, equidistantly, the most positive possible experience you can have and the most negative possible experience you can have are equidistant from infinite nothingness. So again, from a source perspective, they are both 
awesome because they are far away from infinite nothingness. And so all experiences are valid and all experiences are, are worth um, pursuing, essentially. Hmm. I, I love this entire conversation. I could probably go a lot of places from here. The nuance of that last part, I think, is a really interesting topic because while all experiences are valid learning experiences for source, there do seem to be like built in, I, I don't know, laws to the universal construct that will match certain experiences that you create with the receiving certain types of energy and like a, a lesson in itself. For example, a person that is an abuser, like a serial abuser of other humans, maybe even physically violent or maybe harming children that will receive basically the same exact or maybe already has received that same experience inflicted to them and probably will continue to do so. There's sort of like a vibrational match thing that goes on. So uh, while it's possible to look at everything as a valid source experience, you have to take into account your own free will. Like, what do you want? Because you are, if you are actually source, then realizing that means that you are acting out of the will of your highest self. Now you're no longer thinking things are happening to me or the world happens to me. You're happening to the world. So that brings to bear the question of like, well, what do I want to happen to the world? And then you get to find out the fruits of your behaviors, if you will. But what what I like about this whole thing is that knowing the source, knowing that your source doesn't take away the unknown factor, which is like the surprise of the present moment, but it does give you the free will element that I'm talking about. The chakra order itself, I think, is really cool how it reflects in the scenario of starting at nothing and building out complexity in the world because they're related from root to crown in the order of survival at the foundation, then the need for reproduction, then the need for your own personal will to be able to be acted on the world, then love, then expression, self-expression, then imagination, and then self-consciousness. And to me, that order makes perfect sense that you would need to attain each one to attain the one that follows. So uh, that's pretty cool. I feel like there's some... But what you're describing in the final lesson is like an expansion on some ideas from Alan Watts that a lot of people have benefited from throughout the years, but put into an even more, like, I guess, expanded context and more fully fleshing out that narrative of what you were like before you before you forgot you were everything and started playing the cosmic game of hide and seek, which is actually quite a fun game. Right. Yeah. And I talk about uh, the one Alan Watts quote uh, that I love so much as I do the, the final lesson for people. And that is the one where he says, imagine that every night when you go to sleep, you get to experience 75 years of life. And you wake up each day and it's over and you've, your character has died. And the next night you get to do it again. And, you, you know, he says at first, you would give yourself every type of pleasure that you could possibly imagine. And after a little while, you would start to get more and more adventurous because, you know, that would, you would get kind of bored of that. You get kind of tired of that. So let's give myself some more, um, 
uh, possibilities, add a little bit of randomness to it. And, and eventually you get to the point where you would say, hey, everything's great. Let's just try it. And you get to the point where you are right now. So, I, you know, that, that is, that's a much, much more succinct way <laughs> of saying what I just said. Um, but I'm trying to put it into a context of not just a fantasy idea of being able to dream every night, but that's actually what's happening. And, and that's what's amazing about um, realizing that is that you can now take a look at the, your experiences in your life and you can say, oh, I, I'm going to claim this. I'm going to accept this. I'm going to enjoy this. And then uh, I end up using that a lot when people are dealing with different issues. Um, so if you're dealing with a burden, say, I, I want the person to really explore what that burden feels like. What, why do you feel, you know, when you're, when you're nervous, when you're worried, what does that actually feel like? Think about where you feel it in your body. Think about how you think about being nervous or worried. And by facing it, you, you, you conquer it. You, you get your head wrapped around it and you understand it in a different way. And, and the same thing is true of this, you know, backing up to this giant source experience. Let's experience everything. Let's experience what it's like to be the abuser. Let's experience what it's like to be the abused. And, and, see, and see what all that feels like just as more information um, that is interesting. It is something other than infinite nothingness. Yeah. And in the one life that you have right now, you have the ability to make decisions on the fly about what is going to come next in that life. And really, the future is the only part of the reality that we have any control over the presence already here the past already happened so the taking not taking but receiving the energy and power from the mantra i am source is a very realistic ability for us first of all it can apply to things as mundane as like exercising and repeating that mantra to yourself so that you remember that your mind is the limiter not your body so much. I mean, your body will give you indications when it really is at a wall. And that's important for that. You have enough compassion for yourself that you don't abuse yourself past that point. Unless I guess you want the experience of abusing yourself past that point, <laughs> but, but it is like freeing your mind, like the matrix to return to the matrix metaphor without having to go all the way back to the white room and start over. You can start and initiate any experience in your life right here and now in this lifetime. And even when you start to activate your abilities outside or outside the body or in inner space, more like then the variety of experiences that you can have within the, the framework of this individual life become quite a bit more vast and infinite. Right. And, uh, and the other thing that's interesting, I want to go back to that white room again, because uh, I talk about perfection and there's two types of perfection. There's a type of perfection that, uh, that, that is without flaws, which is what your parents wanted you to be, your teachers wanted you to be, your bosses want you to be, and what you really want yourself to be. You think that it, many people believe that they aren't perfect enough and that one day they'll get there so that they don't have flaws anymore. And of course, the truth is that perfection without flaws does not exist anywhere in the universe. 
That's the and, white room of infinite nothingness. Right. And the first flaw that you put in that white room might be a tiny little speck. And you go, huh, well, that's interesting. If we put some more specks in there, what do we have? Texture. Oh, that's a good thing, actually. And so the other type of perfection is perfection with flaws, which we all are. And when we embrace that and we say to ourselves, I actually am perfect, um, a lot of healing can occur when you really, truly believe that. And the, and the big statement that comes from that is that you've never made a mistake in your entire life. Everything that you've ever done has been perfect. And it's brought you to exactly where you are right now. Congratulations, you did it. And you'll never make a mistake in your life either. It's impossible. You'll always get to exactly where you're supposed to be. So I give you congratulations in advance for that. Yeah, and a nuance to put into that that just came to mind is that the imperfection, I like to say, of course, is like the irritating grain of sand in the oyster that creates a pearl. Right. But with the imperfection, even though it's important to love yourself and accept yourself for any flaws that you perceive in yourself as existing, the real texture in life or the, the real impetus in life to attain a higher level of personal satisfaction is the flaw itself and your desire to change that. So basically yeah. the fact that we do change over time is representative of the fact that there's a black dot in the white room now, because the white room, the nothingness, the infinity doesn't change. It can't because it's already all encompassing. So that's uh, I think an important clue for those of us that, may realize, okay, yeah, I'm perfect with my flaws, but I want something in life that I'm not currently experiencing, or I want to change in a certain way because it will make me more satisfied with the experience I'm having. Realize that you should, that that's a healthy thing, that the desire to improve oneself from your own, by your own standards is healthy. What's unhealthy is when your standards are unrealistic and cause you stress and hurt yourself over what you haven't already done. Like embrace the fact that you are changing, continue to change, stay in the flow of the changes. And maybe even like a good, good advice I always think of is just like whatever is the easiest thing to change that would make you healthier or happier. Start with that because making the easiest changes will boost your energy so that the medium difficulty changes will now be easier and there's a progression like that. You know, don't worry about the big world saving main quest of your life. Do the side quests. <laughs> and uh, along the right. way, you'll complete the main quest to the yeah. degree that you're actually meant to. So that, that's one thing I like to keep in mind uh, in this realm of thinking. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, and everybody, your motivation is an interesting part of your aspect of yourself. You can decide to be motivated to make changes in yourself. You can be decide, you can decide to be motivated to try to make changes in the world. You can, you know, whatever, again, whatever you want to do, you can be motivated to just seek pleasure all the time. They're, again, they're all valid source experiences. Um, and what's interesting about uh, perfection is that if you really truly embrace that you are perfect and you've never made a mistake and that everything that you do uh, has gotten you to exactly where you're, you're supposed to be, you can then turn that to everyone else. And you can look at 
other people and go, oh, so they're perfect too? And oh, they've done everything right? You know, for those that like to judge, it's hard to do that because they think, oh, well, that person really screwed that up and wow, that was a mistake and I wish they hadn't done that and so on and so forth. But the thing applies to everyone, not just you. And so when you, when you truly embrace that and the perfection that exists all around us in this, on this crazy paradise planet and all these individuals who are all doing all this crazy stuff to themselves and to each other, and you can look at that and go, it's actually perfect exactly as it is. This is a big leap for many people. Then you finally have unconditional love for yourself and for all. And when you have unconditional love for yourself and for all, then you are in a bliss state and you move into a new paradigm. You become a completely different person and nothing can rattle you and nothing can go wrong and everything is beautiful and you see the beauty in absolutely everything. And the more people that do that, the more, the closer we get to a society that we all want. When we chase this society down and we get angry at the things that are going wrong with it, then we are actually just contributing to that issue. But instead, if we say, actually, everything is perfect and I love myself and everyone, then you get one big giant step closer to that world that you actually want. Right. And attaining the state you're talking about isn't like you iron out all the challenges in life and smooth it over because then that's putting you closer to the infinite nothingness <laughs> in the middle. But, you know, you make a game out of the challenges. You enjoy them for what they are. You look at it's like a puzzle to find where the energy is stuck and needs to flow. And then you're approaching a type of personal evolution path that's more like Taoist, you could say, where it's like a flow state of effortless changing where uh, the other way of being motivated, for example, is like kind of dualism based where you might be motivated because you're angry about something and that gives you energy to act. Or you might even be motivated out of a type of lo love that borders on attachment and that's what makes you act, but you're not, you know, motivated by your own love of yourself, your own will to improve yourself so much as that you think something external wants you to make this change or requires you to make this change. So a way of looking at it is like motivation of that sense is like a motor that requires fuel. It's like a combustion engine built on polarity, just like a, a car works. Whereas the flow state of looking at the next change that's the universe is suggesting to you and that yourself is suggesting to you internally as like a puzzle to figure out. And that becomes like an energetic thing where people that come to you, you sense the stuck energy in them. And that shows you where the energy is stuck in you. You move it in yourself. It moves in them. That is like getting wind in your sails, being powered by a natural renewable energy source that doesn't require fuel. It's like, the whole cosmos is evolving together because it's all one thing. It's all source. So getting in the flow of the winds of change that the cosmos is itself providing, that is like a way of saying that you're aligning with your highest and truest self and your, the capital W higher self will, as opposed to sort of like the, the egoic will. It's not that you shouldn't have a will of your own connected to your ego. It's about what, what really helps in life to achieve 
a free sailing situation instead of a fuel-based, you know, dirty energy system is that you're doing like, like I'm saying, and, and not uh, being directed by anything other than that self aligning the ego with the, the higher will, if you will, is a, it's a high act of magic. You could say. Yeah. You know, I think that what's really cool about um, um, aligning yourself with that higher self um, is is that, and it, and it ties into this motivation thread that you're on right now. Um, it's cool because if you, li- if you listen to Daryl Anka, who channels Bashar, very interesting um, being. And what he, he says that he is from a civilization uh, that is a completely synchronistic civilization. And so what he tries to teach us is how to live a synchronistic life. And it's very simple. It is simply follow your highest excitement with no expectations for the results. So motivation, follow your highest excitement. Oh, this seems like fun. I would like to do this. No expectations. But I am not worried about what happens after I do it. I'm not worried about if I reach the goal that I'm trying to set for myself. I don't worry about not being able to achieve it. I am just going to go ahead and pursue this highest excitement. And that has... Uh, shown up in my life so much. It's absolutely ridiculous. All the different things that I have done since I was a child, I carried that child self where, you know, and that's what we do as children. We just go, well, I want to go swimming, you know, yay, that's my highest excitement. Oh, I don't want to do that. I want to go stomp in a puddle. Yay. You know, so, so if we carry that, like, you know, (laughs) um, short attention span or excited attention span, into our adult lives, amazing things can happen. And again, it's important to not have an expectation. So I, I tell the story often about how I was trying to um, uh, promote the comic book and I ended up finding a guy who taught me how to do the, the soul essence activation and all these different things that I do now um, in that process. And if I would have said to myself, well, but you know, this isn't actually turning out the way that I wanted it to, I wanted to promote the comic, but it's turning into this other thing. Then I would have missed out on the opportunity to be able to help people in the way that I can help people today. Yeah. It, it's important, I think, to go with the no expectations model because they're a surefire way to create disappointment, but that doesn't mean you don't set intentions or have intentions. That's where the power is. The intention is where the power is because the intention is going into the future, which is where we actually have some agency. Whereas expectation doesn't really set in until after whatever it is occurs. And then it either didn't or did meet the expectation in some way. And now you're looking at sort of being overly focused on the past. I mean, the past is great, of course, to give us context about where we're at now. And sometimes we have to revisit it. And I mean, we've come into that a lot on this show, talking about healing past trauma and stuff. I think we should maybe move towards talking about (laughs) the sessions we did together in a second. But I wanted to point out something interesting that I learned recently, because you mentioned that this sort of kicked off for you when you were at a permaculture retreat in Tennessee and people can hear a more expanded version of that story in the first episode you did, because it's really interesting involves like group reincarnation (laughs) and coming back together in a in a present life with people that you worked with previously and really interesting, cool stuff. But what I found out is that through Tennessee 
and Kentucky are like the largest quartz veins, huge quartz deposits like anywhere. And also in those regions are anomalously high earth magnetic field activity to the point where in a particular point in Kentucky, there's like the Van Allen belts actually reach down and bend down towards the planet in that region. So it's almost like a bridge area between the higher and the lower or the inner and the outer, you know, it's a liminal space that exists there. And I was, I bring it up just to ask, like, do you experience that? Cause I know you've been to Arizona. Sedona is another place like this with a powerful magnetic field um, naturally occurring. You know, do you, do you tap into the energy of the places you're traveling to like that? Are you sensitive to that? I am becoming sensitive to it. Um, and I am, and I think I, I part of the reason that I'm on this journey is so that I can experience that and get, get my energy feelers, um, <laughs> custom to it. Because what I noticed is when I was in Sedona, um, I didn't notice it until I left Sedona. So when I was in Sedona, now looking back, I was kind of confused and in a fog state and not, and kind of not motivated and, it just, just weird. And as soon as I got out of Sedona, I was like, Oh, okay. Wow. I didn't even shoot. Wow. Who was that? Who was I there? And, and I'm back to my old self again. So I know that there's something going on. And so now when I return, I'm going to be more cognizant of that and see if I can kind of like, I guess, use it to my advantage or, or just understand it at the very least a little bit better. So I'm, I'm kind of an infant when it comes to understanding the energies that the, that the locations on this planet provide. Mm-hmm. Me too. I'm just really fascinated by it as a subject. And it, I guess, turns out that it, in the places with these big quartz deposits and high magnetic field activity, there's also a bigger occurrence of mental illness per capita person to person. So not only are healers and energy workers drawn to those places because of the energies, but that also brings out the wounding in individuals there that aren't necessarily looking for that path. So it's just an interesting convergence that is created. And uh, uh, it seems to be akin almost to inducing a psychedelic like state for a person, which could explain why it feels a little foggy or a little fuzzy to be in these magnetized high energy crystal coated in the crust places. Right. I've been to a few myself and yeah, maybe going into it with a little more preparation and a realization that that's what you're stepping into might, you know, cause whenever we're in sort of left brain waking reality state, whenever we feel impairment to our, ability to like focus and differentiate (laughs) and be in our sort of standard mode of consciousness, or at least the socially accepted standard mode of consciousness, it throws us off because the left being in a left brain mode of consciousness is all about like being in control. (laughs) So it definitely throws a wrench in that and can be, uh, can be useful and also maybe, I don't know, not irritating, but, it definitely creates the unexpected in and of itself, which I guess has benefits too. Yeah. When I went there, I was excited to see what 
I was going to experience because of course I knew the, that's probably why I was drawn there was to say, okay, so what's this all about? And, and it was funny because while I was there, I was like, oh, I don't feel anything. And, and it wasn't until I left that I went, oh, I was feeling all kinds of stuff. Now I need to, now that I understand the difference, now I can go back and I can see what it is that I can learn from it. Yeah. Those places also have more UFO activity, light ships, uh, crazy stuff. So anyway, to finish up, I am really having a lot of fun because uh, when I began this journey, I started a, a blog of my travels and, uh, it, you know, the, it, the van life thing is pretty popular. It's kind of fun to, I've always followed some of the video blogs that people have on YouTube uh, as they travel around the country and other countries. So I thought, well, I kind of want to do the same thing, but I don't really have the time to edit video every single day to put together something to show what I'm doing. So one of my strengths is writing. And so I, I decided to put together a blog and it's, it's actually on my website. So if you go to zanedaniel.com, there's a blog option across the top. And you can subscribe to the the blog and you know create an account. You'll get updated every time I uh, post a new one, and you can comment on it and that uh, on them and that sort of thing. So I, I encourage that. I'm also trying to build my mailing list. So if there's anybody that wants to go onto the website and go to the about page, actually I think it pops up now and says, "Hey, you're new. Do you want to, you want to add your email to our mailing list?" I would love it if you did that because uh, as I travel around the country and the, and the continent, I'm posting updates in my, to my email list saying, hey, this is where I'm going to be uh, or any new releases, Unrighteous or whatever, uh, I like to post on there. So I would love to get everybody, some of your audience members to sign up for that too. We actually already have made a connection between you and one of the audience members. <laughs> As I recall, I mean, you went down to Arkansas and did a session with our friend, Michael Murphy. Nice. I'm saying that just because you out there might be able to land a Zane Daniel in your very own town. If you play your cards right, bring him to do a session for your group of, you know, enlightenment seekers. You might be able to actually get them in the flesh to do sessions uh, or at the very least, I'm sure online. And I recommend everyone reach out to Zane that's feeling like they should because you're a really, really swell guy, extremely approachable, extremely kind. And I know that your heart is in what you do because especially after hanging out for a few days, extended hangout, we got to go on walks. We got to talk deep talks and all around. You're an awesome dude. Really glad to call you my friend. Can't wait for the next time we hang or get you on the podcast. And I'm even more excited for future Righteous. I mean, you're great, but really, I'm excited about Righteous. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I was about to say takes one to know one, but now I don't know. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, everyone check out RighteousComic.com. Also at RighteousComic on Instagram if I'm correct about that. Zane's on yep. Facebook and yeah, easy to contact. So yeah, friend me. Them. I want more friends. And, and if you, uh, like he was saying, if you would like for me to stop by your town, I'll pr probably be in the area anyway, eventually. And I can always use help finding a venue uh, that's local and, and being connected to your particular circle of people. So, you know, 
you could help me land there by doing that. So definitely reach out. Awesome. Well, it's been it's been real, man. Let's do this again soon. Yeah. All right. Thanks for being here. Love you, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for having me. Hey. I'd like to congratulate you for making it to the end of the show and also thank you because it's pretty awesome that you're checking it out. I had a lot of fun with this one and it has to do with the fact that me and Zane are now pretty good buddies. It's pretty sweet to actually make friends from uh, following your passion or your bliss or whatever like you would call podcasting for me. Zane's a great example of the type of person I was hoping to meet and examine by doing this show because I started out my personal spiritual journey with a lot of interest in energy work and light work, what you call light working, I guess. And that phrase kind of has a different meaning to everybody. And uh, that's what makes it a cool path to take for yourself is to discover what your unique gifts and talents are that you can share with the world and bring healing to yourself and your near environment. And I, I love Zane so much. And I can't thank him enough for the kind things that he uh, shared with us, the personal pro bono work he shared with me and my partner when he came and visited us and just a good dude to hang around with all, all around awesome. So I hope you guys check out his comic. I love it personally. Like I said, I've even got a cameo in it. Look for the tie dye guy <laughs> in the second volume and or no, it was chapter 12, not second volume. But yeah, it's up to 12 chapters now, which means it won't take you that long to read through. Comic books read quick. But this is one that you'll enjoy reading over and over again, and you'll be stoked to share with friends. I know I am. I've got hardcover. Well, not hardcover, but hard copies. They are paperbacks, and you can get those too at his website, or you can just buy it online to read on your phone or your computer or whatever device you buy it through. You'll get a nice, very well put together PDF to read the uh, wonderful story. So. Check that out. You can also find Zane for energy healing work, which he can perform long range at his website. And I noticed that he just put out a couple of things. He was telling me about this when we were visiting, but they are negative emotion relief packs. I guess it's like a downloadable file that you can uh, pay him for and it will target certain emotional situations. Probably it'll probably be a series if I had to guess that worked with each chakra specifically. But there's a couple of those available now, so it might be a really useful go-to thing. <laughs> I mean, people are really quick to pop pills or medication for almost every little problem. Why shouldn't we uh, pop some negative emotion relief packs instead? <laughs> no negative side effects with those. Probably, if I had to guess, he's going to walk you through some kind of activating uh, guided meditation type experience. And you're really doing the work for yourself. And Listening to those type of things can be a great way to give yourself the tools to just do it for yourself without needing to go listen to it later. Whereas with something like Tylenol, you can't make your bloodstream have Tylenol in it unless you take Tylenol. So self-empowerment, people. I'm all about it. I, I learn little tricks all the time for ways to shift my vibe into the direction I want it to be and not be swept up by the currents of confusion and anger or delusion that I might be around, you know, because it is a weird world. 2020 is going to be a strange year. I 
see so many people just talking when I'm out and about like uh, eavesdropping, I guess about how you can't really trust anything these days. Every, every source is biased. There's no true information. There's nothing that's credible anymore. And if the uh, masters, if you will, are doing one thing right and keeping people divided and at each other's throats and not tapping into the incredible depth of spiritual wisdom and truth that's available out there to find. If we can't even agree on what truth is and we decide that all truth is is subjective and you can't trust anybody who's saying they have the truth. And let me tell you, you can't trust someone just because they're saying they have the truth, even someone that seems like a spiritually aligned person. But if we totally lose out on the idea that the truth is findable, then we're in trouble. And then it doesn't matter how deep and wide the information available on the internet is. We're just getting into these narrower and narrower, narrower lanes of subjectivity, I guess. And yeah, everything's subjective. If you look at it from an idealist philosophical perspective, I totally agree. But truth is what actually happens, what actually will happen. You know, it's uh, something real. It's tangible. So don't give up on the fact that the truth is findable, but just know that as soon as you're following a person instead of following truth, then you're immediately off the path. I'm pretty sure that's a Jay Krishnamurti quote. I'm paraphrasing there, but damn, if it's not true, <laughs> it's completely true. But hey, don't take my word for it. I'm <laughs> don't take my word for it that I'm telling you not to take anyone's word for it. <laughs> When it comes to truth, but keep searching for it. It's inside you. And you know, the, if something resonates with you, even if you find out later that it wound up being bullshit, did it take you in the path that you were meant to be going on? I bet it did. I bet you got something out of going down that path. So at the end of the day, do what feels right. And I don't mean just on like a pleasure level, do what feels right in in the heart, in the whole body, whole body feels right. (laughs) Now, right now, it feels right to uh, stop gabbing at you and tell you a little bit about the plus extension. For those of you that weren't listening to it already, you guys do know that you can get Interverse Plus very easily for $5 a month at patreon.com forward slash Interverse. And there's a whole second hour of this show and a second hour of almost every other show, about three to five shows a month, depending on what I can manage. And I definitely can manage more if there's more of you subscribing to Plus. That's a, a guarantee. After getting wiped out by the holiday season, I was very glad that I had the plus members I did have so that I could continue eating a normal amount and not have to just like cut it down to rice and beans. (laughs) But in this episode's plus extension, it was as excellent as ever. We talked about considering what an ascended fifth dimension life would look like, encouraging goodness in society instead of incentivizing greed or controlling via punishment. That was a great topic. It is kind of a continuation of what the things we were talking about in the first episode I did with Zane were like with incentive systems in society. And that's a lot about what Righteous deals with as a story. Once again, go read that comic. We also discussed why it's good to embrace challenges instead of seeking out the smooth and easy path. Talked about identifying where trauma energy resides in the body in order to release it. That comes up all the time. It's super important. Zane did a soul essence activation for listeners to release stagnant energy. It might not have been what he calls a soul essence activation. It was some kind of like burden removal or release type of guided meditation right there in the plus extension. You can get it uh, right now. All you got to do is subscribe. (laughs) And it was pretty awesome. I went through it. 
We talked about harnessing the power of the epiphany that helps you to know yourself, the power of forgiveness and boundaries as part of unconditionally loving yourself, and the ethics and effective strategies a provider or paid professional of healing services needs to keep in mind. And that's always an interesting subject, sometimes a sore subject, whether or not someone should be paid for healing services. And Zane had a really great take on that. I won't spoil it completely, but suffice to say, energy is abundant and infinite in the universe. And you got to receive if you're going to give properly. And there's a lot more to it than that. He, he gave some great advice for people who've either been doing it for a while or maybe are just now considering that they might feel the call to work with others on an energy healing level. And just because there's a lot of us out there now getting into that, don't let that discourage you from providing those type of services yourself because it is needed. I mean, there's no reason why every human shouldn't have that skill set and just put it to use. But in the meantime, while there's only a small percentage of us that have been awakened to the fact that we are energy and we're not just matter or that matter is energy or however you want to look at it, the fact that we can consciously manipulate this field that we're embedded within and access greater flows of <laughs> love and wholeness just through our intent. Yeah, there's a lot to that and not everyone realizes it yet. So if you've been thinking maybe 2020, I'm going to get into light work or healing or whatever, go for it, I say. And you got a great example in the form of Zane. And he's really approachable. Just hit him up if you want to talk about like talk shop about doing light work or healing or whatever. Awesome stuff. This was a great episode. Really, really grateful for all you listeners out there. Had an excellent year in 2019. Took a decent chunk of time off for the end of the year and holidays and all that. Feeling like my batteries are recharged and excited to come forward with the best year of Interverse yet. Have a lot of interesting targets on my podcast hit list and can't wait to take you guys on this journey with me. Love y'all very much. Thanks again. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you like subscribing to shows most, whether that's Apple, iTunes app, or SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube. I do my best to make this thing available everywhere. So if you're new, go give us a five-star review on the iTunes podcast app if you don't mind. That's always really fun. When I catch new ones on there, I read them at the end of the show because they're usually really nice and make my ego swell up really big. <laughs> so. uh yeah, go do that. Even if you're not new and you've never left a review, why not? It doesn't hurt. It helps it actually helps a lot to uh, expose the show to new people who may have not heard it yet. So yeah, spread the love, spread the word about Innerverse. Keep doing your thing. Don't forget that your creativity is your greatest and sharpest sword in the spiritual battle. And that applies to not just fighting that war with the uh, problems you perceive in the external world because your creativity is definitely a sharp sword in that battle, but it's specifically the sword that will hone your personal consciousness and hone your self-knowledge. <laughs> Take it from me, just as uh, routine as it can get for me to do this show, sometimes I really have to dig deep <laughs> to get myself to just do what I know I love, which is weird. You would think that you shouldn't have anything stopping you from doing what you love, but there's always going to be some kind of excuse or reason that could allow you to throw yourself off balance. Take it from me as someone who's frequently wobbly. 
It's a completely continual, infinite act, staying in balance or staying in wholeness or whatever you want to call it. It's not just like a switch that's flipped and now you're there. You got to keep at it. You got to keep doing the practices that got you there. Or if those practices are no longer effective, you got to find new ones or modify them. But at the very least, keep practicing. Keep practicing whatever it is that makes you feel like you and you'll be fine no matter how weird 2020 gets. I have a good feeling about things. I think we are all going to be seeing more clearly by the end of the year. And yeah, I'm probably not the first one to say that, but (laughs) it's easy to make a 2020 vision correlation with this year. But cosmically speaking, I think we're ready. I think, and cosmos comes from an original word meaning wholeness. So holistically, I think we're all ready to make a big quantum leap this year. I love you guys. I'll talk to you soon. Another episode coming in hopefully about a week. And until then, be good. Bye-bye.